Oh, man. It is a good news Monday. Good news Monday, just like it was a good news Friday night, a good news Saturday afternoon, and then now a good news Monday. You all know the major story today. Huge, huge news, Danny boy. Danny Stutzman's coming back for 2024. And hey, that was an awesome interview with uh, Steve Stutzman. We'll talk about that this hour. Um, it didn't sound like Danny necessarily drew it up this way, but it really worked out perfectly. The announcement, the video today, everyone was in suspense for over a week. It um, Maybe it wasn't drawn up this way, but it worked out quite well for old Danny now, didn't it? Worked out really well. This is the equivalent of landing a six-star recruit. Dude, that's how Tyler, it feels, man. Straight up. I mean, you get one of, I would say, the top 25 players in all of college football returning next year. I don't think that's a stretch. Um, I mean, if someone were to put out a Butkus Award, like, uh, you know, top three, top five players looking to next year, I don't think Danny Stutzman would be top five. I think he's top three, and maybe he's the front runner for the award. Same thing with Billy Stutzman. I don't think he's top Billy five. Bowman. Or Billy Bowman, sorry. Billy Stutzman. That's, that's, Stutzman that's, on the brain. That's what the past four days has been, right? Um, no, but uh, he would be – he might be the leader in the clubhouse for the Thorpe Award. So l- let's just kind of open up the text line here for this because everyone's in a good mood. This is good news today, especially with year one in the SEC. Like, does it does it change your opinion if you're one in the SEC? How big it now that we know that Bowman and Stutzman are coming back, does it change your mind at all? How much better do you feel about this? Because for me, Parker, it's hard to put into words just how important not just one, but both of these guys are coming back next year. I mean, it it is massive, massive for your defense next season. I mean, you needed these dudes going into the SEC. You needed them because Okay, one of two is good. One of two is acceptable. One of two at least helps keeps uh, it, it helps keep things together, give you a fighting chance to play decent defense year one in the SEC. You have your best front seven defender returning next year, and you have your best secondary defender returning next year. This is legitimately best case scenario. Yep. Now, if you could convince Woody Washington to come back for his sixth year, I think that that, that would actually be best-case scenario. I don't see that as particularly realistic. I mean, I my expectation is that he declares for the NFL draft, but uh, Stutzman and Bowman coming back, man, it's just a massive boost to the overall confidence level that this team can carry. Into confidence, leadership. I mean, Stutzman's the dude on that on that team. Forget the defense, the, the entire team. And I think Downs is a guy that people look to, as is Billy Bowman. But just having Stutzman in the middle of your defense next year, yeah, I think that's important when you're going to places like uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to play a game next year. It's big, man. Um, Here's our first text of the day on it. Uh, I'm naming my next illegitimate kid Danny. That's from the 214. That's how (laughs) big of news it is today. Gunny says, I'm in a great mood. It's friggin' huge, fellas. And he's not talking about the bong. Not well, not yet, but yeah, yeah, I mean, he's he's talking about Danny right now, and and that's a great thing too. The Stutzman Army rolls on, and it was always going to. Okay, the Stutzman Army is going to live on when he's in the NFL and and beyond that. But no one has to change their Twitter names at least for the next year. That's that's great news as well. Yeah. Five five zero one eighteen and zero national championship now. Nothing less. Nothing less. People are expecting a 18 and 0 national championship run with 28 coming back in the uh, in the middle of the defense next year, or at least I, one person is. I think it's fair to 
I engage that conversation, though. I, provided Bill Biedenboe can come up with solutions on the offensive line, is Oklahoma a top-12 team nationally next year? I would say so. If all you lose defensively is Woody Washington, I know Rondell Bothroyd's going to graduate. I know you'll have some pieces to replace on the interior, but we fully expect that Oklahoma's going to make the requisite moves via the portal to shore things up in that department. You're going to have P.J. Adibawara and R. Mason Thomas a year old. Like, you're not going to have – Many we- you're not going to have any weaknesses on defense that didn't exist already this season. Your defense is only going to get better. And so, if Bill Biedenboe can shore up that offensive line, man, OU sure looks like a top-12 team heading into next season. Yeah. Uh, Mongo Got Me says, Texas A&M sucks. We've established for a week now that if you say A&M and Missouri or Texas sucks at the beginning of your uh, text, that normally catches my eye. Now that I have your attention, KREF servers could use some OEC fiber. Yeah, we're, we're working on that, Mongo. Uh, be patient here on the KREF app, though. There's still a lot of people uh, tuned in right now via the uh, KREF app. But uh, we got the big news of the day here, Danny Stutzman for sure. And, and let's not look past Friday night, because Friday night was really exciting as well for OU fans when Billy Bowman just, like, randomly announced that he was coming back, right? Yeah. And we got all sorts of tweets. We, we even have a few texts on it. And I'm down for it today. Whoever you want to give credit for, for recruiting Danny Stutzman back to OU, it really sounds like it was Danny's just decision that I'm just not ready to leave it, man. I'm not ready to leave OU in this place yet. Jada Coleman, though, she is the leader in the clubhouse for KREF Recruiter of the Month. Let's just call it how it is. Jada Coleman's going to be really tough to beat for KREF Recruiter of the Month for helping Billy Bowman get back. She's a leader right now, man. We're almost halfway through the month of December. What a 72 hours, No, man. it's been great, That's, dude. It's been, it's been huge. Whatever your feelings were about Oklahoma transition to the SEC on Friday afternoon, no doubt you feel significantly better here on Monday afternoon. And, and you guys talked to Steve Stutzman, a friend of the station, last hour, yep. and he said it wasn't – this wasn't a hoax. Now, the character that, that Danny is, the lovable character that Danny is – I guess you never really knew how it was drawn up, but Steve said, yeah, this wasn't a hoax. He didn't sound like he was pulling anything on his head coach. It sounds, Parker, like he did talk. He did tell Brent Venables last week that I'm off to the league. Yeah. But no, the happened. decision really weighed on him, and it got back to the point of I'm just – I'm not and, – and the way that Steve talked about it, it didn't sound to me that the decision to come back was because of the draft grade – that was sent back. They, like That's not the tone that I got from Steve. The tone that I got from Steve was the decision was made. It was a really tough decision, but then it weighed on him, and he said, I, I'm just not, not ready to leave yet, man. I'm not ready. And you report that that conversation happened at your own risk because <laughs> then you end up with egg on your face if the kid has a change of heart. Like, look, people – like, it was well known behind the scenes last week that that conversation happened. There's only – one outlet, one individual that chose to report it. And when you do that, again, double-edged sword, because it, it's the equivalent of me reporting, hey, Williams Winery told the OU staff that he's going to be a Sooner. Okay, like that was true. But the second you put that out there, 
It creates a firestorm when it blows up in your face. Yeah. Uh, Sugar Shane Newcastle says, Jada Coleman might have influenced Danny as well. Danny made the decision on Saturday. <laughs> I don't know. Jada Coleman, K-Ref Recruiter of the Month. That's, that's, uh, that's, uh, uh, that's what I'm ready to get behind here. 405, are we getting Harrington and McCullough at Cheetah back? Those guys are formidable at their positions besides getting our best two defensive players coming back. Uh, any scuttlebutt at all at Harrington getting that extra year, the, the hardship, the, the year of eligibility back? There's there's no conceivable reason why that shouldn't happen. Now, we are dealing with the NCAA. I know, that's what Which gives can me pause. be obnoxious and persnickety about some of those things. But realistically speaking, there is no justifiable reason why Justin Harrington shouldn't get that exemption and be able to return for another year. Glenn from Nashville, regarding OU's chances next year, check in with me after the ball game when JFA has had all the first-team reps and plays an entire game as the starting quarterback. I think we all expect him to be good, but we'll know in about three weeks. Yeah, there, there's still a lot out there offensively in terms of, of, of question marks, what your offensive line's going to look like, uh, how Jackson Arnold's going to look, what are you going to have at tight end next year. But Stutzman and Bowman announcing they're coming back really puts kind of a lot of the pieces in, in place defensively. Um, you're going to need a, an, another starting corner because I'm with you. I think Woody Washington's gone, but they're going to have a player there. They'll, they'll, they'll have a nice player at that spot, I would think. Really, the point is, in the secondary, you should be really good, especially at the safety spot. Danny Stutzman really solidifies the linebacker position again this year. If, Parker, if you can get a few legit defensive linemen in the portal – get some of these young players next year in this recruiting class to play at a high level, we're going to be talking about potentially if the defensive line really comes around with what's in place at the other two levels of the defense. And I think that this should be the expectation. I think we need to be talking about one of the better OU defenses that they've had in quite some time. And I know that's not saying a lot, seeing how the past eight years have looked, but it needs to take that step, and it's a, it's in a position to where it can take that step. It's absolutely in that position, and we had a texter earlier saying, well, you're losing every interior defensive lineman. No, you're not. Jacob Lacey's coming back. Dejon Terry is coming back. Grayson Halton will be back. Ashton Sanders, whom the staff loves and believes has a ton of potential, He's back for his sophomore – well, I guess redshirt freshman year. He didn't play much this year. He'll take a red shirt. But if you can add a Chris McClellan or a DJ Hicks or, or both to this mix heading into next year, it's hard to pinpoint an area of weakness on the defensive side of the ball for OU. Now, offensively, again, I think the big question mark for me right now, and we'll probably be having this same conversation next August, is, okay – what about the offensive line? Because yep. you got to replace four starters. Tyler Guyton announced he's leaving. Andrew Ray announced he's leaving. Walter Rouse graduates. McCade Mattire graduates. Your only returning incumbent starter is Caden Green at left guard. Everything else is up for grabs. So, I trust Bill Biedenboe. I have no reason not to expect that he will have all his ducks in a row come next September. But understandably, that is going to be the major question mark for this OU football team heading into the 2024 season and year one in the SEC because you cannot get beaten and tossed around in the trenches in the SEC. That can't happen. Uh, from the 918, Kip Lewis, uh, Kip Lewis staying or going? Uh, Kip Lewis is uh, staying. Why, why would Kip Lewis go anywhere? I, and I know why you're asking that question because Danny Stutzman's coming back, but Stutzman and, and, and Kip, they, they played it. At times, at the uh, at the same time last year, I mean that can that can potentially happen again this year. So I, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect Kip Lewis to play anywhere. I mean he was going to be a starter most likely 
with uh, when, when we thought that Danny might be leaving, but Kip Lewis could still be a starter on the defense next year. Regardless, he's going he's gonna to play a lot next year. How about Todd Bates um, quote tweeting uh, Stutzman's post? Just cry tears of joy. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> there were some good responses to that. Bates just cried tears of joy. Uh, Brent Venable says the finish is always better than the beginning. Uh, yeah, a lot of people had a lot of things to say. What was uh, what was your big takeaway uh, with the the chat with old Steve Stutzman last hour? Anything in particular stand out about what he said? Well, I I think what resonated with me is what he said about you know I guess the ramifications of jumping to the NFL this year versus coming back to OU for another year because you never have the what-if factor at play in the back of your head if you choose to make the jump. Because how many guys over the last few years, Tyler, have made the decision to bounce early for the draft and gotten a decent grade and they think they're going to make a chunk of money and then they don't perform well at Pro Day or at the Combine or something happens to tank their stock. They don't get as – nearly as good of a draft yep. slot as they would have liked or don't get drafted at all, and then they're up a creek without a paddle. There's no better, better example of this, at least recently, than Jalen Redmond, who is unemployed right now. And boy, wouldn't OU have loved to have him back and tried so hard to get him back for the 2023 season. So Danny Stutzman won't have to worry about the what-if factor. Next year, his decision is made for him. He plays one more season at Oklahoma. He's off to the league. There you go. Yeah, well, I, and it sounds, too, like if you want to talk about regrets, it, it seems like more guys have regrets leaving early than staying that extra year. It seems like a lot of guys who end up staying that extra year are glad they did because college football is a lot of fun, man, especially when you got a, a good team and, and you're a really good player. So I'm uh, – so I'm happy for Danny. Selfishly, I, I really like the decision that, that, that he made, but I, but I think um, feels like the right decision for him. Like Everyone's excited about it. He's excited about it, the family. It's just, uh, nah, it's just a good day, good news day. And pretty cool that you can make a decision like this, Parker, and this many people care about it, and this many people are excited about it. So that's, that's really cool for, uh, for Danny to get to experience. One more text before we hit a break from the 501, State of Arkansas. The video made me tingle more than my honeymoon. <laughs> that's that's how my, that's what it did to people today when it was released uh, right around noon. Pretty cool stuff. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Oh boy, a lot to get to today. Yes, we'll talk more Danny Stutzman, Billy Bowman. We got some Cruton in the 2024 class to get to, Transfer Portal. We'll do it all next right here on The Ref. Happy Monday, because it is a happy Monday right here on Locked In with McComas and Thune. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and of course you, the Ref Army as well, all celebrating the return of Danny Stutzman and Billy Bowman. They are listening in Glasgow, Montana today via the free KREF app. Castle Rock, Colorado, Henderson, Texas, Jupiter, Florida, Waverly, Nebraska, Newcastle, Delaware, Terryville, Connecticut, Brentwood, California, and for our small Oklahoma town of the day, let's go with the town that got to experience a state championship on Saturday night. Let's go with Washington, Oklahoma, and the Washington Warriors. They did it with a Toby Rowland hype video, too. I, I saw the that? release of that before the game. Yeah, I, I, I did. Steven Alexander, uh, I believe, put that out. I saw that on his uh, 
on tw- on Twitter pitch. I think it was his. But yeah, that was that was cool. Congratulations to the Washington Warriors. Uh, they played well, overcame a deficit to win the game, um, and they had to overcome a deficit because players like Jaden Nickens had an 82-yard pick six in the game for uh, Millwood. Yeah, that boy's yeah, good. Yeah, he's good, huh? He's good. Uh, Affordable Door Company is bringing you the KREF Army locator. They compromise on the price, but not on the quality. Visit Affordable Door Company at affordabledoor.net. That's affordabledoor.net. Okay, big part of the show on Friday was, all right, these OUD line commits says the power line is not finished just yet. Todd Bates may make his way down to Louisiana this weekend to watch Don McKinley in a state championship game and you know, maybe try one final time to flip him. Anything noteworthy out of the uh, weekend with uh, Todd Bates and Don McKinley? Did anything happen there? Yeah, no I decommit didn't. happened. No decommitment mm-hmm. happened. At this point, it's kind of going to be contingent, I think, on whether they can get him back to campus, which I am told is a possibility. It's going to be – look, end of the day, I think it's going to be hard for Dominic McKinley to flip back to Oklahoma if he doesn't come back to campus and experience it again. Because at this point, it's been since June since he was in Norman, which I guess it's not unprecedented that a kid would commit after six months away from a particular institution. I mean, Eddie Pierre-Louis, if he pledges to OU (laughs) on Friday, it will have been upwards of six months since he made his single visit to Oklahoma. So no rule is without exception, but – I do find it difficult to believe that Dominic McKinley ends up flipping to Oklahoma absent a late visit. Well, he's got nine days to do so. If he's going to sign uh, the early signing period, is there a chance, and I, maybe this is what you got to hope for if you're OU, is there a chance that he waits till after the early signing period to sign? Or is he dead set on signing somewhere in nine days? Does he want to sign somewhere in nine days? Or does he want to wait till January, February at this point? That'd be your best chance to get him on campus, most likely now. Yeah, so you almost got you almost have to play the long game there. Either you got to make it happen this weekend, or you got to play the long game. Just don't sign a week from Wednesday is maybe uh, maybe the play right now. A five hundred one listener asks: Is Jeremiah Newcomb still locked in? It's interesting because, and I'm sure this is where this question derives from. Jeremiah Newcomb posted a picture on Twitter this morning with the Arizona State staff in his home interesting doing an in-home visit now look jeremiah newcomb is oklahoma's longest standing commitment of the 2024 cycle he was the og the very first commit of the cycle for ou and a nebraska legacy a nebraska legacy when they had all that recruiting momentum before the actual season started he has never wavered he was very upfront from the get-go i am not going anywhere not even for a visit but oklahoma I understand that Arizona State, you know, being an in-state school, being right there down the road from Newcomb, probably thinks that proximity gives them a pretty good shot to flip him. I, I'm i not convinced that happens, not only because Newcomb has given Oklahoma absolutely no reason to think that his commitment is in jeopardy, but also because he was just on campus as recently as November 11th. So it has not been all that long since he was at Oklahoma, seeing his future home. So you you would say Jeremiah Newcomb still locked in? I would say he is still locked in. I am not worried about a about a flip there. Also, it's Arizona State, you know, that, like, and that's the thing too. If it's, it's you know, if uh, it's Oregon showing up, yeah, the conversation is different. Even if it's like USC showing up, 
the conversation is different, right? But it's Arizona State. Big Rich and OKC. Yeah, Arizona State uh, probably they should have done that about four or five months ago if they, uh-huh. if they if they wanted to make a move. Big Rich and OKC. We need to go ahead and make Boz a philosophy professor at OU like McConaughey is at Texas. What is he? Is he the minister of culture? Yeah, minister at, of culture <laughs> at Texas. Well, Boz is around quite a bit right now, and, and that's one of the cool things about Stutzman's career. One of the many cool things about Stutzman's career is he's got a lot of fans. He's probably the most well. He and Drake, right? He and Drake, like the most beloved players on the team, the most loved players on the team. But you can just tell that Stutzman and Boz have a you know a special connection there. Uh, they, they 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 go in together to make the video that was released today. Just different things like Boz really cares about Stutzman and his career. So him having it being around quite a bit, it's I, I don't know. Just that that whole thing is 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 really cool. Four oh five. Did Dominic McKinley make it to A and M this weekend? Was that uh, well? He played a state championship game on. Was it Friday or Saturday? It was Friday, and then he did a second OV with A and M. So. Okay, so he made it to College Station this weekend. Yeah, wow, and, and again, like that just. Oklahoma's kind of behind the eight ball there. They're fighting an uphill battle. And they're fighting it. Todd Bates went down to see the kid, and you don't spend time going to see a kid that is two weeks from signing if you don't feel like you at least got a shot. But it is a very uphill battle. Jeff from OKC says, Danny's coming back. Yeah, that's huge news. But other biggest news from the weekend, Liam Evans is (laughs) enrolling early. Yeah, he is. Uh, he has turned into one of the most talked about recruits for the uh, 2024 class, and he doesn't even have a uh, doesn't have a scholarship, right? Liam Evans. Which, uh, if you're looking for a kicker in the portal, if you feel like that's something that OU needs, uh, one of the more interesting names is in the portal right now. Oregon State kicker Atticus Sappington. Did you that's hear a real person? You, that's a real person, and I didn't know that that was a real person until. OU-BYU weekend, Oregon State played, I think they played Washington that night on ABC Saturday Night Football. Oregon State trots a kicker out named Atticus Sappington. Like, no way that's a real name. But it is. He was 13-14 of this year, and now he's in the transfer portal. But it feels like OU is, uh, hopefully Liam Evans could have uh, have an impact next year. John and Blanchard did bring up an interesting point. Tulsa's kicker was on campus yeah, this weekend. He posted with a photo. Right. Yeah. Chase Meyer. Um, I think it's going to be tough to get Chase Meyer to Norman because he's a kicker, right? He'd be on a PWO. And so generally you're looking at in-state kids. That's why the Sooners brought on Reddy Mustafaraj last year is because obviously he was a standout at Northeastern Oklahoma A&M, but also he's from Atoka, Oklahoma. So out-of-state tuition doesn't apply to him, and he doesn't have to pull a few extra financial strings to make it work at OU. That's not the case for Chase Meyer. Uh, he's originally from California. So I, I, I got to exchanging texts with Meyer over the weekend a little bit, and he likes OU, don't get me wrong, but I, I will be 100% honest. <laughs> the guy that's coming to campus in January, that's, that's probably your best option. Regardless, you're talking about Liam like, Evans. Liam Evans is a bona fide stud. Better than and you're saying he'd be a better option than the kid that was on campus. This I believe weekend, so. Ch- uh, Chase Meyer. I believe so. Yes, could be right about that. Let's let's hope that that's accurate. Somebody asked, "Does Brandon Aubrey have eligibility left?" 
That dude's a maniac, dude. Bro. That was that was sixty. That could that was good from about eighty five yards yesterday when he hit that one. He's thirty insane. for thirty this year. Insane. Thirty for thirty. I know. Nine one eight. Oh, you have a real shot at uh, Chase Besantis. So I I had to laugh a little bit. Um, what was it? Was it on three that put it out? Chase Besantis has heard from these like fifty schools, and it had all the schools that he's heard yeah, from. Yeah, no crap. And, and OU was one of the schools that uh, Besantis has heard from. But would OU be looked at as a top three or a top five for one of the best offensive linemen that's currently in the portal? To get that kid to Norman, it's going to take a lot of money. And so the question becomes, is that money you're willing to shell out or would you rather allocate that money elsewhere? Now, allocated it to Danny Stutzman and Billy Bowman is what I would have said four days ago. Exactly. Give him all the cash. Look, OU has engaged with Basantis. They would like to have Basantis. I mean, no crap, right? That's a former five-star recruit who started 12 games as a true freshman this year for Texas A&M. They would obviously like to have Basantis. The question is... Can they get the money right? Because that's really what it's going to boil down to. Yeah. Jim in Arlington says Danny Stutzman is now uh, number 15 trending in the United States right now. He trails the <laughs> Tucker Carlson Network at 13 and the Golden Globes at number 10 right now. But Danny Stutzman, number 15, trending right now. He's number one trending with uh, OU Twitter. I can promise you that. That's all everyone's talking about right now. Um, where are we with Poo, says a texture in the 785. That's P-O-O-H. You guys know who Pooh is by now. Poo he he uh, he committed Ole Miss. Yeah, and you don't need a linebacker. You don't. Anymore. Yeah, How you, about you that? don't. I mean, now if someone really good just wants to come here, yeah, sure. But you got Danny Stutzman coming back. Maybe that should have been a clue for us because, and I realized it yesterday, but I didn't think much of it. I was like, well, okay, they offered Pooh Paul. They haven't offered any other transfer linebackers that I know of. Probably still try to talk Stutzman into coming back. I will freely acknowledge I did not think they were going to talk. Just, I didn't think anything was going to talk Stutzman into coming back. But guess what? He's back, and now you don't need to try Well, because how many times have you heard that he's told the head coach? And, like, how, how many times has it happened where the head coach has told the intentions and then the a change of heart happens, like when we're talking about the NFL draft? It doesn't happen all that much, man. It doesn't happen all that much. No. Uh, 405, Jalen Conyers to Texas Tech? Yeah. So, so where do you go now for a – portal tight ends where, where do you look I will tell you all this much the name I would be most mindful of and probably have the most optimism about would be Notre Dame transfer Holden Stace I think that's the tight end right now that Oklahoma has the best shot with Bauer Sharp of southeastern Louisiana is another name to know 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet, text line, more Cruton, more Portal, more celebrating today's good news that Danny Stutzman's coming back right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref, and a happy commitversary to Trent Williams. 18 years ago today, he committed to 18 OU. 18 years. Holy smokes. I mean, you guys know Trent Williams now as the number four overall draft pick. In the 2010 draft, 10-time Pro Bowler, anyone want to guess how many stars he had coming out of Longview? Three-star you, Three-star you, Trent Williams. Three-star coming out of Longview. The number, what was he? He was the number 63 player in the state of Texas. Three-star 
Trent Williams ended up being pretty daggum good, huh? Just a reminder, folks. When you take a three-star, sometimes you'll end up with a guy that never makes a productive dent. Sometimes you'll wind up with a guy that spends most of his collegiate career as a second-teamer. Sometimes you'll wind up with a guy that contributes a little, and sometimes you'll wind up with a guy that contributes a lot. But in a rare few cases, Tyler, sometimes you'll hit on a guy that ends up being a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's true. Uh, congrats to Trent Williams and the great career that uh, that he's had in the NFL. Did you uh, – and I randomly saw this. I, I randomly follow a, uh, it's a, it's a South Carolina podcast, and they posted the exchange between Mario Anderson Sr., Mario Anderson Jr. Uh, dad, and a uh, South Carolina fan. Did you see that? Yep. Did you see that yep, one? Yep, I sure did. Uh, basically, if you didn't see it, I'm going to guess that most of you didn't. But as a South Carolina fan – said, hey, we brought him out of Division Two and gave him a chance, and he treats us like blank. He better be successful because he can't come home and get any opportunities. And Mario Anderson Jr.'s dad basically said, you sound stupid, and I hope he chooses Oklahoma so he can run all over you next year. <laughs> so I don't know if we should take that as any sort of hints, but Mario Anderson Jr. is down to four schools. Uh, running back from South Carolina, it's OU, it's USC, it's Memphis, and it's Cal. So, it, yeah, definitely sounds like OU's in the uh, in, in the thick of that one. I will tell portal. you straight up, I like OU. I think Dad likes OU, too. Definitely and when likes Dad likes OU, that's now. a great sign. Now, the question becomes, I, I do like OU for Mario Anderson, but... And we've talked about it all week. We've talked about it for weeks now regarding kids in the transfer portal. Oftentimes, it's it's not like the recruiting process, right? Because everything happens so fast where, you know, the coaching staff, when they're dealing with recruits, they have time and they have space to kind of build out their board and establish a hierarchy. Okay, this guy we would rather have than this guy. This guy we would rather have than this guy, whom we like a little better than this guy. But when you're dealing with kids in the portal – Basically, anybody you offer, you have to be ready and willing to take. No questions asked. And that's what Oklahoma is with these players that they're pursuing in the portal. Like, for instance, I'll bring up the example of the Tennessee Martin running back. If Samuel Franklin called OU tomorrow and was like, hey, I want to jump on board, they're probably not going to tell him no, right? So at that point, Mario Anderson gets beat to the punch in essence because I don't see, I don't foresee Oklahoma taking two running backs via the portal. I think it will be just one. So not only is it about who OU is in good standing with as you evaluate these portal targets, but also it also comes down to who's going to be willing to jump on board fastest yep. in some cases. Slim Brady says, a lot of paraphrasing, Tyler. Read the whole thing. I, I wish I could. I'd have to be on the Pat McAfee show. We'd have to be a guest on the Pat McAfee show to be able to use language like that that was that was on that exchange between his dad and the, uh, and the South Carolina fan. Man, there's so much stuff going on today that we haven't even hit on. Uh, Des Malone, um, corner yeah. from San Diego State, and I, we've already said it once, I think maybe twice, don't think Woody Washington is coming back next year, throw Des Malone in the conversation of, you know, going to be right there in the thick of the uh, competition to be that other corner, uh, other starting corner opposite of Gentry Williams is what I would think. And you're not going to come here this late in the year unless you think that you're going to you got a chance to be a major contributor. That's kind of how I always look at these things. And how I put it when I was on air with Steely a while back is, look, Des Malone is effectively CJ Colton. 
This is the C.J. Colden experiment all over again. You bring in a guy with a ton of experience and a history of excellent play at the G5 level under the impression that he is going to be a starter caliber player for you. Now, does that mean he has to start? Not necessarily. If he gets outright beat in camp by Josiah Wagner or Makari Vickers or Jacoby Johnson or even somebody like Kanai Walker, okay, fine, so be it. That means one of those dudes went and took the job. But you know that in Des Malone, what you're bringing in is a guy that you can be confident throwing out there on the outside against power five wide receivers. And he's also sizable, six foot two, 200 pounds. So that is a plus size cornerback. Uh, Key Lawrence, crystal ball to Ole Miss. That's, yep, uh, that, that one happened today. Good for him. Hope he has a, a good year next year. Going to be on to play against Key Lawrence next year more, more than likely that's that, that that'll be interesting that's that's uh today in the in in the portal though 469 so are we feeling good about Javante Barnes returning next year yes it's only ever been speculation that Javante yeah. Barnes would leave in the first place there has never been anything credible that would suggest Javante Barnes is looking for greener pastures Javante Barnes will be uh, RB2 in the uh, bowl game coming up here in about two and a half weeks so he's he's going to get some carries in that game um who else was I going to bring up I was going to bring up oh Chris McClellan um someone a lot of texts today should we feel good good about Chris McClellan man <sighs> Since the beginning of that one, it always felt like OU was going to be in really good shape there, and it kind of feels like that's – don't have any reason to think otherwise with that OU and Chris true, McClellan. But consider the other three schools that he is entertaining right now. Colorado, Arkansas, Missouri. What do those three schools have in common, Tyler? I was going I, I to make a joke, but Missouri season this year <laughs> ruined it. God. So, no, I can't make a joke. I guess we'll just get serious, and you can tell us all what all three of those have in common. Gosh, Missouri's screwing things up now. All three of those schools have collectives that are willing to fork over large amounts of dough. We know that about Missouri, that's for sure. Yes. So, with that in mind, I will say that, like, I, I still like OU for Chris McClellan. That hasn't changed with the revelation that he's entertaining those three other schools. However, again, much like Pesantis, it's going to be a matter of whether OU can get the money right because money's going to come into play. JT in Tulsa says McClellan is going to OU. Okay. So if that happens, Boom, credit JT. JT in Tulsa first. Just, just go ahead and uh, credit credit him first. 405, does Taylor Tatum have a real chance to start as a freshman? No, no, no. With the way well, that Sawchuck has looked uh, the back half of the season, like Sawchuck's got to be your heavy favorite to be to be the starter next year. Is is kind of how I look at the running back spots. Yeah, and it's you know it it, it kind of feels awkward to answer that question straight up because if you say yes, he's got a legitimate chance to start, then you drive expectations too high, right? You say one thing, people hear another. But if you say no, you don't want to completely disavow what Taylor Tatum is as a running back and minimize what he can bring to the table because I do think he's going to be hard to keep off the field. But my expectation is that your starting running back in 2024 is Gavin Sochi. I mean, yeah, I got, for me, sure, like I just said, I, I think the big question with running backs this offseason is do you, what do you get with Javante Barnes? You know, because if it's more the same with Barnes and, you know, he just can't get healthy and he's not consistent, then – 
yeah, let's talk about names like Taylor Tatum, a name that you're going to get in the transfer portal. Like Javante Barnes, I think, is a very big part of the conversation heading into next year. And if he's really good, if he turns into the player that we thought he was going to be a year ago, then he might be your number two, along with a transfer portal running back. I don't know, but Barnes is going to play a large part into that. But I, I would expect Sawchuck to be the starter next year. One more, Jay and Ellick, would you consider McClellan a plug-and-play difference maker? I think he's definitely a plug-and-play guy if you get him. Yes. McClellan. And, well, it depends on how you categorize difference maker, right? Because – when you say difference maker, are you expecting a guy to be first team all SEC? I, I wouldn't necessarily have that expectation with Chris McClellan. But if you consider a difference maker to be somebody that's going to raise the bar at the defensive tackle position for your program, yes, I certainly think Chris McClellan is that. Uh, today in the portal, you got uh, Kobe Savage from Kansas State who just entered the portal. 115 tackles and six interceptions for K-State over the past two years. And then, um, well, you had Jaden Bray, Oklahoma State wide receiver. I like him a lot. I called man. a couple of, uh, I think his junior, and well, I, his entire high school career at Norman High, actually. Called his football game, so see what happens to Jaden Bray. All right, 405-651-3439, final segment of Locked In is next. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bringing you the final or bringing you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Dorsey Jones is family owned and operated, established in 2020, but many of their employees have been there for more than 20 years. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. Almost didn't get to our daily EPL update. No, not English Premier League. Eddie Pierre Luig, the number 28 overall player, according to rivals. Uh, EPL had the in-home visit with UCF on Friday, correct? And then he will announce this Friday at 2 p.m. Central Time. Yeah, look, I... <laughs> Still feels like OU's in a good spot here. I'm not sure how much new information there is going to be between now and Friday. I can't count it out, but I do know that folks in the Switzer Center feel very, very good about where they stand heading into Friday's announcement. And uh, <laughs> I would not have guessed that a kid who has visited Oklahoma all of once throughout what has been a very, very dragged-out recruitment process would end up on the precipice of committing to OU, but here we are, and I feel all right. Feels like uh, old Beedenbo's in-home visit two Sundays ago really swung thing back in uh, OU's favor. At least that was maybe a big moment here down the stretch. Uh, OU's class right now for 2024, currently ranked eight on both Rivals and 24-7. 5-8-0, Andrew Makuba from Clemson still looking like a possibility. He's, to, he's supposed to visit this week, but Texas got to be still looked at as the leader there, I would guess. Yeah, I, I still find it hard hard to believe he doesn't end up a Longhorn. A 405 listener asked, is Jaden Bray's brother also in the portal? I think you have Jaden Bray confused with Talon Shetron. Yeah, I, I, I was confused. I'm like, Jaden Bray's brother? I don't remember him having a, a brother. Yeah, Talon Shetron mm -hmm. is likely the receiver that that particular listener is conflating with Jaden Bray. Talon and Tabry. Yep. And uh, there was uh, quite the situation there uh, when they were getting recruited out of Edmond Santa Fe. Uh, what, OSU offered Tabry? OU wasn't going to offer Tabry? So Talon decommitted, to OU, or decommitted from OU and... Committed Oklahoma State. Sounds like he's been banged up quite a bit uh, since he's gotten to Stillwater. He has, yeah. And it's unfortunate because I, I thought that kid was going to boom at the collegiate level. And I guess he still might, but it's just it's taken him a minute. And that was 
Gosh, that was the same recruiting class where OU ended up signing Jason Llewellyn. Yeah. Britt from Jinx, huge Sooner fan here, just tuning in. Still sad about Stutzman declaring for the NFL draft. (laughs) (sighs) I know, it's beautiful, isn't it, Brent? I know, it's not. It's not going to get old anytime soon, that's for sure. 918, did EPL visit anywhere more than once? I assume one would be UCF. Yes, he visited UCF more than once. I'm trying to remember, he... He didn't end up taking all that many visits throughout the recruitment, not just down the stretch, but like overall in his recruitment. He had 50-plus offers, Mm -hmm. but he only ever visited OU once. Has he even visited Oregon? Maybe? I don't know. I know he visited Texas at some point. Recently, in the home stretch of the recruitment, he really hasn't visited anywhere. I think his most recent visit to any campus would have been to UCF. He was at the bounce house the day that UCF blew a 35-7 lead to Baylor. Beautiful. Jeez. And that was like the only good moment of Baylor's entire season. I know. Uh, Baylor of all teams, they blew that lead. Yikes. 918 says EPL updates. Liverpool in first place, Arsenal in second (laughs) with over half the season left. Still plenty of time for the Red Devils of Manchester to make a run. Very nice. You guys have been making that joke here recently. And even though I'm not a huge soccer fan, I'll still laugh at it. It's still kind of funny. What a day. What a day it has been. And I know a lot of you are a lot. You're always going to be excited about first year in the SEC. Maybe you feel a little bit better now. Billy Bowman and Danny Stutzman coming back. We'll talk about it for three more hours coming up next on The Rush right here on The Ref.